Bethany Frankel is under fire for being a white savior. Brandy Glanville is finally speaking out about Caroline Manzo. And Russell Brand is under fire. Get ready. Let's dive in. You're listening to No Filter with Zach Peter, your go-to source for all the latest pop culture and reality TV tea. Surf fresh three times a week. Now, let's dive in. Welcome on in, welcome on in, welcome on in. Happy Monday. I hope you had a wonderful weekend. I had a jam-packed weekend. I can't talk about a lot of it just yet, but just know there are a lot of big things coming. There are some announcements that will be dropping this week, and more announcements will continue to come. Um, Life is good, and I'm very grateful and very happy, and so I'm excited to kick off the show this week. Um taping this Sunday night. So if you're listening to this on the podcast or if you're watching this on the YouTube, one, hit the like button, leave me a nice Apple podcast review. Love that validation. But two, I might be somewhere taping a very special podcast that you should expect to drop very soon because it's going to be juicy. Hey, hey. And there are going to be some fun announcements coming, baby. We are going to dive into the Bethany. We're going to dive into the Brandy. We're going to dive into the Russell brand of it all. But first, let's start with a few tidbits of tea, okay? First up, Ramona Singer. Holla, she's got a new boyfriend, Bill Luby. According to the Daily Mail, they're now seri- or they're now dating and it's getting serious. It's getting a little hot and heavy. So Bill's a 63-year-old millionaire financer. Lives out in Joyzy. And apparently, they're so good that they're already talking about marriage, which is interesting given that he just got out of, or he's just at the tail end of wrapping up his divorce to his ex. Um, Listen, Ramona moves quick. When she sees some lobster or she sees herself a nice Jersey millionaire, she's like, listen, I'm going to grab this millionaire and grab this lobster. I'm going to put it in my purse and I'm going to keep on moving. Okay. She knows that there's no more real housewives in New York. So she's, betting her eyes on other things. I know she also now has a podcast and she was like dragging Sai because like Sai from the the New York reboot, she had a little shade to throw to Ramona. So Ramona threw a little shade back at her and Ramona is just in the process of living life. And you know what? You do you, Ramona. You do you, boo. In other Housewives news, Christy Carlson Romano, who you may remember from Even Stevens if you're a millennial or from Kim Possible. Call me, beat me, if you want to reach me, if you want to page me, it's okay. Kim Possible with Ron Stoppable. So Christy Carlson Romano, who was Kim Possible, and she was uh, Ren on Even Stevens with Shia LaBeouf, she just did a podcast interview where she revealed that she was interviewed for the... Austin iteration of Real Housewives. So unclear of when this actually happened, but apparently at some point in the recent few months to a year, again, unclear of when she was actually interviewed, but she said that they approached her about doing a Real Housewives franchise in Austin. She did do an interview for it, but she ultimately felt like it wasn't in alignment for like her and where she's at. I mean, obviously she was an actress. She was a child star back on Disney Channel. And then eventually now she's like a mom and a wife and she has like a YouTube channel and a podcast and she's, you know, doing all the content creator things, bringing back a lot of those old throwback stars. And listen, she's a mom entrepreneur on the internet. She's a social media person, influencer, 
obviously with her acting background, I think that they thought this would be like a nice way to add a name to an Austin iteration of Real Housewives. Unclear if they're still pursuing Real Housewives of Austin or if it might be a different show that's not Real Housewives. We've seen them do that in the past where they film a show and it's supposed to be one thing and then it becomes another thing. Manhattan Moms was supposed to be a thing and then it became Real Housewives in New York City. So there are, you know, the shows always change and develop um, into different things. But Christy Carlson Romano was like, nope, not me, not into it. She thinks she self-sabotaged the interview in a weird subconscious way because it's just not in alignment with who she is and what she does now. So you know what? Good for you, Ren. I'm sure Lewis would be very proud that his sister has some dignity and wouldn't do the Real Housewives of Austin. I wouldn't be against it. I would actually watch as a fan of Even Stevens and as someone that used to watch Kim Possible. Kim Possible. I'm not against it. I would actually be here to see Christy Carlson Romano join the Real Housewives, but she ain't doing it. So moving on. Also not doing it is the Drew Barrymore of it all. So Drew has buckled. Drew is no longer moving forward with her talk show. She is putting it on pause until the writer's strike is over. Um, along with CBS's The Talk, they also were scheduled to launch their, the new premiere of their show. That's also being put on pause. So daytime. I was talking to someone, well, actually I was talking to two people about, or one person today and one person yesterday, both in the industry. One person was telling me, because I was like, well, I don't understand, like, isn't, you know, Tamron Hall still on and Kelly and, and Mark are on. And um, and one person clarified that like morning shows and daytime talk shows are very different because daytime talk shows actually hire writers, whereas morning shows don't typically hire writers. So it doesn't appear that like Kelly and Mark like have WGA writers that are on their staff, whereas Drew Barrymore did have WGA writers. And the talk is also, you know, falling in line with solidarity for the writers that are striking. Hopefully it puts pressure on the networks to actually come to some sort of deal. I don't know. The strike's been going on since May. Who knows how much longer it's going to take. I'm not like, I wasn't as mad about people like dragging Drew. Like I wasn't as up in arms about it. Cause I always kind of got where she was coming from and her thing was always like, well, listen, there are many other staff members that work on these shows that like I'm owning this decision and I want to make sure that they stay employed because right now, even though they're not working, the writers, you know, there are a lot of people that are donating to the writers or trying to support the writers because they're on strike. And so I understand that like there is a genre of other employees that are not writers that also are not getting work right now that are also not necessarily getting that additional support from brands, from donations, from whatever. Um, listen, it's it's multi-layered, this entire strike. It's not black and white. It's not, you know, I'm always somebody that likes to stay in the gray area and look at both sides of everything. Um, so that's why I wasn't immediately quick to, like, drag Drew. To me, it kind of feels like she didn't come to this decision or conclusion on her own. It kind of feels like the backlash, maybe she was a bit bullied into making this decision because the backlash was so strong. I think I would have liked her to make a decision and stand in that decision and have a little bit of conviction or at least believe that like she truly feels like the decision that she made was wrong. I don't know. I just believe that this is more PR optics rather than it is you know, her standing in solidarity with the writers or her, you know, really putting her foot down and moving forward with, with the start of her show. Um, so I feel like it is a bit of a flip floppy decision, especially because 
she was originally in support of the strike and she dropped out of the MTV Awards and then she changed that and she's like, no, I'm moving forward with my show because I want to keep my staff employed. And then she buckled back on that and now she's like, no, I'm actually not going to do my show. So to me, it's a little, it does feel wishy-washy. And so I don't love that she, like pick a position, pick a lane and have conviction in that lane and, and know that like that conviction comes from your heart and like your decision is your decision. I would like to see that from Drew. I just don't feel like she's really giving us that when it comes to the talk I mean I don't think they're hurting that much either but we'll see if Drew can even I don't even think Drew's talk show is that good like I'm not even watching it so the fact I think everyone's just up in arms because it's Drew Barrymore but listen if her show never comes back I'm not gonna be mad I'm not gonna be crying over spilled milk right ET phone home I ain't watching her show okay Shall we dive into some of the meteor topics, right? Because Bethany Frankel. Oh, God. How are we even still talking about Bethany? Why? Like, okay. Bethany Frankel. She brought some of her used makeup to Consuela. Consuela and Co. at TJ Maxx. And now she's getting dragged for it, right? So, Bethany claims that these are that she was giving unused cosmetics that brands have sent to her that she decided she was going to put them in some Ziploc baggies, like the freezer baggies, the big ones, not like the little sandwich baggies, but like the big Ziploc freezer bags. She was going to get all of her, her used, but not used, but semi-used makeup. And she makes little care packages, right? And so she she's going around town and she's handing them out to all the homeless and the toothless. And she started with Consuela at TJ Maxx. And Consuela, she walks into TJ Maxx with her iPhone ready and Consuela. And she's like, here, Consuela, I, I like you. And I'm a big, you know, I always come to TJ Maxx. You know me and Bethany Frankel. I always come to TJ Maxx. I love TJ Maxx because I exposed them for their fake Manolos. But I like the real Manolos. And I bought them in every color because I'm Bethany Frankel. And I can afford to buy them in every color. But you know what? I brought you some makeup because I'm going to save your life. Because I know that you're poor and you can't afford this. So here you go. I put it in a sandwich baggie. That way it feels a little more relatable to you. And I didn't put it in something nice. But here's a sandwich baggie of all my used makeup. Up. And Consuela was like, no, 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 no. I'm not allowed to accept gifts from the almighty, altruistic, Bethany Frankel, number one podcast host in the entire galaxy. Consuela's like, nope, it goes against her company policy. And like, I feel bad for Consuela because you're watching Bethany's like shaky little iPhone video that she decides she wants to post onto TikTok because she wants to show everybody that she's not just the number one podcast host in the entire galaxy, but she's also a great person because she's giving all the homeless and the toothless these bags of makeup, right? So poor Consuela, like you can tell like she feels bad and even like a little embarrassed, right? Because she can tell like Bethany has her like shaky iPhone and she's like putting in Consuela's face and Bethany's filming this woman on her iPhone, giving her this Ziploc bag of goodies, right? Because Bethany thinks that she's helping. I I don't even know what Bethany's thought process in this was. Like I tried to understand it. We'll get into it. But like. Poor Consuela cannot accept it because, again, it goes against their company policy that they're not allowed to accept gifts, especially from the almighty Bethany Frankel, number one podcast host in the galaxy. So she ended up giving all of her little lunch baggies to the staff at Restoration Hardware rather than TJ Maxx, because I guess TJ Maxx has the policy that Restoration Hardware does not have. So she went and dropped all of her Ziploc baggies over to the Restoration Hardware employees. So Bethany is claiming in a new video that she posted on her Tickety Talk that these are not used products. They're merely products that she has opened and tested, but not actually used, right? She's like, look it, 
this luxury brand sent me these lip glosses in all of these shades. And I don't want all of these shades. I open them and I test them on my hand to see if I like the shade and I don't like the shade. Because on Real Houses in New York, Bryn said that your lip gloss has to match your nipple color. And you know what? This lip gloss color doesn't match my nipples. But this one does. So these other four that don't match my nipples, maybe they'll match Consuela's nipples. So I'm going to give them to Consuela. It's just, it's the most bizarre thing ever. The fact that she even like thought to like film this and post it on her TikTok, like it's just weird. But she's like, look it, I'm opening the products and see when I open the products, it tears the product a little bit. So therefore I can't sell it. I can't give it to anybody else because the product is kind of open. But I didn't put it on my lips. I only smeared it all over my hands. So who cares if I have germs on my hands? I didn't put the lip gloss on my lips. I only put it on my hand. And then I put my hand up to my face to see if it matched my nipples. <sighs> Kara Radswell then chimes in and she's like, listen, I don't want to comment on this too much because clearly Bethany is circling the drain, but she's like, clearly Bethany has a white savior complex. I think that's what she hashtagged her tweet. Like she retweeted somebody and she hashtagged it, hashtagged it white savior complex. And then Bethany comes back and she's clapping back at Carol, not mentioning her by name, but she's like, don't listen to people that throw around these big woke words like narrative or white savior complex. And listen, in general, I would agree with Bethany about people using big woke words and they use them to like feel important or to feel smart. But in this case, I actually think Carol has a little validity to her comments about Bethany being a white savior complex, having a white savior complex. Like to me, like this is sad even for Bethany, like to quote herself, wow, Bethany, wow, you're going to pass out cosmetics and cheap Ziploc baggies. And the fact that like she uses her latest TikTok video to like show what a good deed she's doing. And then she does this other video where she's like, you know, showing that or saying that like, oh, I'm giving these out to people that can't afford luxury goods. Like they can't afford this. So I'm giving them to this and I'm giving them to giving it to them in a Ziploc baggie. I just think it's weird, right? I just think the look overall is bad. Like it was more unsettling than her eating the crab legs in the hotel. Remember that video when that broke the internet? So, and Bethany's like, I'm, I get it. I'm canceled. I'm canceled. Nobody's ever going to hire me again. I'm canceled. I'm canceled. I'm like, you're not canceled. We're just fucking over you. Like, it's not that anybody wants to cancel you. We just want you to go away at this point. There's not like a deliberate need to like cancel Bethany Frankel, even though every other show she's had on the air has already been canceled, sweetie. We're not going to cancel you any further. Um, we're just tired. We are sick and tired of you and your white savior complex. I hate these woke terms, but you know what? I actually think that Carol Radsville is right here, right? I just think this is all a bad look all around. You know, she thinks that she's doing a good thing. She thinks that she's helping other people, but it's like, are you really? Like, I don't know. Take all your cosmetics and donate them to Goodwill or something like why do you need to film it and like show these people these staff members that you're filming at tj maxx like it's just bizarre it's weird and it just feels very needy it feels very braggy right and we all thought that jill zarin was the thirsty one or that ramona was the one that was out of touch and meanwhile from right under our noses we had the skinny girl herself that was the most ridiculous of them all so she says that she also gives these samples out to her staff and that she has sandwich baggies that she keeps in her car in case she finds nice people to like hand them out to throughout her day. I'm just like, where, like what part of the story has any redemption for you? You just have sandwich baggies in your car 
and her caption when she posted the video, like, trying to defend herself, she's like, sorry, not sorry, I'm cheap. Are you, though? Like, are you? Like, I truly, truly, truly don't understand this woman. She continues to circle the drain because she's just all around bad news bears. But you know what? You know what's good news bears? Drizzly, the number one app for drink delivery. If you need a good cocktail this weekend, if you want to just live a little life, or if you're hosting a party, or if you're having some friends over, or maybe a hot date that's coming over, I'm telling you right now, you need to get Drizzly, the go-to app for drink delivery. Drizzly is here to be your partner in parties, meaning they're here to help you take the grunt work out of the get-together so that you can be a confident host and actually party at your own party, or at least be able to imbibe at your little shindig, whether it's one friend, two friends, or whether you're just spending a night in watching Housewives and you need like a yummy Aperol spritz. You know, I've been loving Aperol spritz all summer. It's just Drizzly is available to you, and it's the most convenient way for you to get your beer, your wine, or spirits with delivery to your door when you want it all from the comfort of your couch. I'm telling you, the convenience speaks for itself, and any true Housewives fan knows the importance of being a good party host or just the importance of enjoying a nice glass of wine while you're watching The Real Housewives. So you know what? Go and download the Drizzly app or go to drizzly.com to make sure you're always prepared and ready. That's Drizzly, D-R-I-Z-L-Y dot com right now. Must be 21 or older to order. The link is in the description below. Okay. Now tell me. Tell me if you can relate to this, right? I hate to waste time trying to recover from a night of drinking. Maybe you had one too many with your friends on a Sunday and you woke up a little groggy this Monday. Or maybe you were just out of the bourbon room throwing some wine. Because, you know, it happens. I know I was doing a little wine imbibing over the weekend. But one thing I didn't want is to hurt the next morning. And that's why I love morning recovery. I started to see this cute little blue bottle everywhere. And I tried it. And now... I never want to drink without it. It's made with ingredients like milk thistle and ginseng to help you recover from last night's fun. Because yes, you could chug a bunch of water or drink Pedialyte or scarf down some greasy food the next morning, but none of these things will actually leave you feeling glorious, whereas morning recovery will. I consider it to be a game changer. I call it the fountain of youth. Some people like to say that it's your new drink one before you're having a good time and wake up ready to go drink. So if you want to give them a try, if you want to try morning recovery, head to morelabs.com. That's morelabs, M-O-R-E-L-A-B-S.com and use code NOFILTER to save 25% off your first purchase. That's morelabs.com. Use code NOFILTER in the description below. All right, guys. Shall we talk more Real Housewives? Let's talk about the one of the messiest Real Housewives, Brandy Glanville. Brandy Glanville. So Brandy gave an interview to Page Six's Evan Real. You know, I love me some Evan Real. That's my boy. Shout out, Evan. Um, so Brandy talked to Evan, and she's opening up about Real Housewives Ultimate Girls Trip Season 4, the Morocco season, which has since been 
not entirely scrapped as of yet, but it has been booped, uh, boosted, has been bumped, bumped, has been bumped over to 2024 because now they've bumped up Ultimate Girls Trip, the New York leg- legacy with Dorinda and Ramona and not Jill, Dorinda, Ramona, Luann, Sonia, Kristen Takeman, Kelly Benzman, random. But anyway, so they're pushing back Morocco. Why? Unclear. We can only assume that it has to do with the allegations that Caroline Manzo has made against Brandy Glanville. We know they were filming Ultimate Girls Trip together. Then there were accusations of allegations that Brandy Glanville made um, unwanted advances or unwanted kisses towards Caroline. It blew up in the press. The networks came out and they were like, we, you know, support our staff being safe. We want to make sure that everybody's safe in this environment. Brandy and Caroline were both removed from filming. They were not allowed to film the final day. So they're not going to be in the finale, presumably. Now, here we are. Obviously, the headlines came out. We didn't really see Caroline address it other than kind of like dancing around the topic in interviews. Same thing with, or Brandy hasn't really addressed it at all. Other than I think she put out some tweets and she's very much like defending that she did not do the things that she's been accused of doing. Brandy says that she doesn't think that Caroline Manza was ready for what Ultimate Girls Trip is. She says that, you know, she was cast to come and be the fun drunk one and to bring the party, which is just Brandy. It's true to character. It's what she's always been. She's like, I did the last ex-wives club at Dorinda, Dorinda's Manor and I came and I was drunk and we were fun and we were partying. We were having a good time and like, that's who I am. I'm the fun girl that brings the party. She also says that Caroline hasn't been on reality TV in nearly 10 years, so she just doesn't get it anymore, and she wasn't up for what reality TV is. She's like, it's fine. Caroline's a grandma now. Like, she's just not up for the antics that come with going on a show called Ultimate Girls Trip. Like, what do you expect Ultimate Girls Trip to be? Not that, you know, obviously... I just, to me, Caroline Manzo and the concept of Ultimate Girls Trip, like, don't really mesh. Like, Dorinda is Ultimate Girls Trip because Dorinda knows how to get smashed, right? Dorinda knows how to get hammered and to have a good time, as does Brandy, as does Tamara. Vicky knows how to whoop it up. Like, you know, these other ladies definitely know what to bring to make an entertaining television show. I think I do kind of agree Caroline has been out of the, out of, like the reality TV world for a minute that I think maybe it's healthier for her, her to not go on reality television. Like maybe it is healthier for her to just stay home, focus on her family, focus on her kids, focus on her grandbabies. Although it is like, they do claim that Caroline was engaging in like naughty talk and that she was encouraging, encouraging the other women to feel her boobs. So I don't know. They also claim that both women, Caroline and Brandy, had their mics on during this alleged assault and Brandy's legal team wants the network to release the audio to prove that Brandy didn't actually do anything wrong. She claims that she reached out to Caroline to make sure she was okay, but she never heard from Caroline though. She makes it very clear that she has no ill will towards Caroline Manzo. Apparently even Andy has been a shoulder to cry on for Brandy lately even though it's clarified in the article that he's not picking any sides in any of this. Brandy has opened up that Andy has been pretty supportive of her. I think that's Andy playing the politics game, right? Like he's like, I'm going to make Caroline happy. I'm going to make Brandy happy. I'm going to try to validate them each. I'm going to try to make sure they're both okay with the hopes that this doesn't continue to spiral. So Phaedra and Gretchen actually are quoted in the piece supporting Brandy. It appears most, if not all of the ladies seem to be supporting Brandy. 
Um, we haven't heard them all speak out publicly, but for the most part, it seems like majority of the ladies, I know definitely Phaedra, Eva, and Gretchen are very much supportive of Brandy. I think there was even, I heard like a mention that even Camille was, I mean, and Camille, I don't think really enjoys Brandy, but I feel like there was a thing where even Camille was kind of like, "Mm, I'm not fully team Caroline in all of this. Like, you know, she's kind of lending a little support to Brandy as well, which is interesting considering like all of these women were there. So the report claims that the investigation was completed and that there was no evidence to support Brandy or to support Caroline. And it's kind of just like a, she said, she said sort of situation. I don't know where the investigation stands. I heard that the investigation closed and they didn't find anything. Curious to see how this all plays out when the show actually airs, if the show actually airs, because some people are suspecting that it might not. I think that it will. It's just a matter of time. Long story short, Brandy says that, you know, she's ready for the truth to come out and that she's tired of being dragged by this false narrative. And she wants Caroline Manzo to tell the truth. But, I mean, it, it seems like she just thinks that, like, I don't know. I did get the impression that Brandy feels like Caroline is like retaliating against her. She's like, Caroline's a lot of fun and we were having a lot of fun with Caroline until you cross her. So uncertain where or how Brandy crossed Caroline to get her to do this. Russell Brand. Let's get into all of that because another day, another celebrity scandal. So Russell Brand came out over the weekend. I believe it was Friday evening referencing some criminal allegations that he claims were about to come out against him, to which he is vehemently denying. So he claims that it's a coordinated attack by the mainstream media that was going to be coming out with these allegations, accusations of a criminal nature that he very clearly is denying ever happened. So after that, Sunday Times and Channel 4's dispatches released these expose pieces on Russell Brand and these alleged sexual assault um, incidents that happened between 2006 and 2013. So in their reporting, there are four women that have accused Russell Brand of assaulting them in that time frame, 2006 to 2013. The first accusation, and there are like the sexual assault allegations and then there are also some other allegations from his staff members but so the first one the first major accusation comes from 2006 it comes from a woman that claims that she was 16 at the time that she was engaging with russell brand and that during their three much three month relationship he sexually assaulted her she claims that he was made aware of her age which was 16 at the time and he pursued her anyway and basically groomed her this is sick like if she really was 16 and they had a relationship for three months that I just that to me is just is wrong across the board you cannot have relations with somebody that's underage under any circumstances I know he's come out and he said yes I've been very promiscuous but all of my interactions have always been consensual I don't believe that a 16 year old can give full consent to having sex with a man who at that time I believe was about 30. So to me, that does not check out. Um, But again, these are allegations. They have yet to be proven. We'll get into that 
let's get to the next one. Then we get into 2007, and this is where there's a woman named Jordan Martin. She claims that she dated Russell for six months and that he was emotionally abusive towards her. She recalls a specific account in her 2014 book where she claims that he became very upset with her after he found out that she was texting her ex-boyfriend and he grabbed the phone and he removed the case and he took the phone battery out and then she says that he touched her sexually before she left. She was uh, she was invited to participate to so she was invited to be interviewed in the documentary but I guess she refused so they still used her book as like part of as one of the allegations, her book came out in 2014. But so she was invited to participate in the expose, but didn't. And instead just issued a statement saying she stands by all of the claims that she made in her book back in 2014. So this was at least made public back in 2014. Nothing really seemed to have come of it. I didn't read the book. I'm just going based off of the reports that I've read. So it's unclear what exactly She's claiming, you know, obviously she's claiming that he was emotionally abusive and she details the night that he grabbed her phone and took the battery out. I don't know specifically what the touching her sexually and inappropriately was. Um, I guess we'll have to dive into her book, but I'm just, again, going based off of the report so far. Then we get into 2012, and this is where there's a woman that claims to have been engaging in an experience with Russell Brand and one of his friends. She claims that she told Russell Brand to get off of her at one point and that he refused, that I guess they were having sex and it was, it sounds to me like some sort of threesome situation. And she claims that, you know, he was forcing himself onto her. She claims that she was treated at a rape treatment center the same day and followed that with five months of therapy. Apparently she confide, uh, confided or considered she confided in a friend and also considered filing charges against Russell at the time, but ultimately decided not to file any charges against him in the end. She also claims that Russell had texted her and apologized for his behavior afterwards. Also important to note that this is around the same time that he divorced Katy Perry. We'll get into Katy in a minute. Then there's the next accusation. This is where we get into 2013. And there's a woman that claims that she met Russell Brand when they were both together in AA before she began working with him. She claims that he assaulted her at his home in LA and he forcibly kissed her and pinned her down to which she responded, stop, please, you're my friend. She claims that he then fired her and she, I guess, has connected with another former employee who apologized for not helping her that day. I guess this person was outside and heard her scream and came to her now and is like, I'm sorry that I wasn't there for you. I'm sorry that I didn't help you out of that situation. This person claims that the reason they didn't want to get involved at the time was because they were simply scared of Russell Brand, as were other staff members, per this person's account. This woman was afraid of filing charges because she felt like it would harm her career because it is worth noting that these were the years that he was a lot more prominent in his career. He was, you know, doing award shows and hosting and he had his talk show. And so there were a lot of things that were going for him at that time. So they're claiming like we didn't do anything then because we thought that he was powerful and we thought that he had, you know, he would harm our careers or just that coming out would harm our career. Then we get into 2020, and the first woman, the one that was 16, 
she reached out to Russell's talent agency or his literary agency with allegations against him. At the time, Russell denied it. They claimed, his lawyers claimed that this was just a cash grab. His literary agents have since come out and said that they have terminated all ties with Russell. Unclear of when that was. Was that in 2020 when the accusations came forth or was that more recently like 2023 when we found out that this expose was going to drop or another thing that happens too is sometimes your contract just ends and it just doesn't make sense for you to sign again maybe you're not planning on writing another book maybe you don't want to you don't need a literary agent after all unclear as to why they stopped working together because again the wording of their statement was we've since you know, terminated all ties with Russell Brand. But why? Was it like we heard these allegations, we believed them, and now we're terminating ties with him because we don't want to represent him? Or were there other reasons and you're just trying to do a PR saving face campaign? Anyway, Russell continues to deny any of these claims. He reiterates that he it, he was very promiscuous. He, I believe he's been very open about his sex addiction in his book, he says that all of his engagements, though, have always been consensual and that he has witnesses that can back him up. So interesting. Also, it's important to note that no charges have ever been filed against him. Even now, after the exposés have come out, no charges have been brought against him. The Metropolitan Police Department was reached out to by the Independent, and they claim that they have not received any reports related to this, that yes, they've seen the headlines, but that no actual reports against Russell Brand have come in. Back in 2013, he obviously had a very public divorce with Katy Perry. So after their divorce, Katy did an interview with Vogue. And in the interview, she said because now everyone's talking about it and they're pulling back old clips and they're trying to dig apart and dissect all of this, right? So in 2013, Katy Perry told Vogue, I felt a lot of responsibility for the marriage ending, but then I found out the real truth, which I can't necessarily disclose because I keep it locked in my safe for a rainy day. I let go and I was like, this isn't because of me. This is beyond me. So I have moved on from that. Reading this, I don't take it as she knew that there were sexual assault allegations against him at the time that she was married to him. This sounds to me like maybe she caught him cheating. And in one of the other accounts about the um, allegations that one of the other women has made against him, it was around that same time when he was at the tail end of his marriage with Katy Perry, which was in 2013. So it's possible that maybe at the time she found out that he was cheating on her or found out that he had a sex addiction. She claims that he divorced her via text, that he kind of just texted her one day and told her that he was done and filing for divorce. I think that that's cruel and that's just not, not ever a cool thing to do to your wife. Like, I just, I think that that's sick. I hate when people even break up via text, let alone telling somebody you're divorcing them via text. But in her Vogue interview, she also says, at first when I met him, meaning Russ, at first when I met him, he wanted an equal. I think a lot of times strong men do want an equal, but then they get they get that equal and then they're like, I can't handle the equalness. He didn't like the atmosphere of me being a boss on tour. So that was really hurtful and very controlling, which was upsetting. So I get that. It does sound like he is controlling. It does sound like he struggled with sex addiction. 
So I understand it. I think part of I think the relationship ended because she probably found out that he was a sex addict and was cheating on her. And she probably has some sort of proof that shows that he was texting other women or having relations with other women or whatever it is. And I think that's what she claimed when she said that she had something locked in her safe was that he was not, you know, fully faithful to her. And I think that's why she said that it's like locked in her safe because there's probably more to the sex addiction that she knows about that she discovered that has not been made public or that she herself has not gone public with. That said, we also have this Australian singer, Danny Minigu, Monigu. She commented back in 2006 about Russell Brand. And she said, after she was booked to do an interview with him to promote her new album back in 2006, she claims that Russell is completely crazy and a bit of a vile predator. I certainly don't think he has cured his sex addiction, that's for sure. He wouldn't wouldn't take no for an answer. He always goes that step too far, never quite far enough to slap his face, but usually too far. He's obviously very intelligent, but he wears more makeup than I do. Normally, I love guys with eyeliner. It can be very sexy, but not on Russell. I absolutely, no way, never, he's just not my type. She continues by saying, I was told he got sacked by MTV for the past, or in the past for wearing an Osama Bin Laden costume to work a day after September 11th. I couldn't believe that I just agreed to be interviewed by someone who had done something like that. It really unnerved me and then thought the whole interview, he kept making shocking remarks and I can't even repeat, just uttering the words that would make me blush. So she claims that her interview with Russell Brand when she was on his show was really uncomfortable. I mean... I really want to know what the nature of her relationship to Russell is. Um, Because, like, what would make her make these accusations against him? Like, did she have a relationship with him where she's seen him to be a predator? Does she have a friend or does she know somebody that has maybe made an accusation against him? Like, I want to know more about where she got her info from. Was it a firsthand account? Was it a friend's account? Is it just word on the street that we've heard? Because I think that, like, she could be really powerful in blowing the lid on all of this. I don't believe she's ever dated Russell Brand because it sounds like she didn't really know too much about him before being booked on his show. So why did you have these really strong opinions of him back at that time if and, – and you didn't say anything? Like, I don't know. It's just – it's a bit odd to me. Um, other allegations made came from either for like former staff members or like assistants. One of them claimed that he was always in his underwear when he was around her and she was uncomfortable about that. Another one claimed that they felt like they were Russell's pimp for always having to find him young girls to sleep with. I mean, I, I don't know. It's just, I don't know. And I also want to repeat that like Russell has denied all of these allegations. Apparently, he got a heads up about this coming out. So all of the allegations against him, he is denying. Um, No charges have been filed, nor have there been any official reports made to the police about any of these allegations. So we'll have to see where this goes. His audience, for the most part, seems to be supporting him. He just sold out a gig in London. They were cheering him on. So it seems like his career is doing just fine regardless, which is definitely interesting. Um, the 16-year-old thing, I think, is gross. The I mean, any 
allegations of sexual assault should absolutely be investigated and should absolutely, you know, we should hold people responsible for the crimes that they're committing. Uncertain what's going to happen in the Russell Brand case, because like I said, he's very adamant and very confident in the conviction in which he believes he's innocent is very strong. Um, the fact that we don't have any police reports, the fact that there are no charges filed against him, like that also makes me like slightly weary, but it's like, I never want to not believe victims. I never, I mean, did we not see what went down with Ashton and Mila? You know, I believe that we need to give power to victims and believe them. Absolutely. But we also need to do our due diligence and investigate these things. I don't know where this is going to land, but my God, the number of celebrity scandals that have been breaking lately. Oi, yo, 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 mama mia, here I go again. Um, But listen, we'll see what happens with Russell Brand. We'll see what happens with Brandy Glanville and Caroline Manzo. I cannot wait for Morocco to finally air and like let us just see what the situation is. Bethany, I'm over Bethany. But I'm glad that Ramona's got herself a nice Jersey billionaire that she's living her best life with. You go. You go, Dorinda. You go, Glenn Coco. All right. Well, on that note, thank you guys for listening to No Filter with Zach Peter. I love you. I appreciate you. I'm going to be here for you every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Stay tuned. Like I said, there will be some very special announcements dropping this week. You can give me a follow at Just Plain Zach all over the internet, or you can follow the podcast at No Filter with Zach on the Instagram. Um, leave me a nice Apple Podcast review because I love that validation. And stay tuned. Get ready. I do recaps of OC and Southern Charm on the Ringer Reality TV podcast. If you want to catch that, you can definitely tune in there and get ready. More tea to be spilled and more episodes of No Filter with Zach Peter. Coming at you soon, boo. All right. Love you. Mean it. Bye.